0: Hello everyone, and welcome to this, the fourth episode of Tea Time with Elvis, uh, with myself Mark, and of course, uh, somewhere very close beside me, uh, my dear dog, Elvis. So, last week we had a very nice show with a special uh, guest who was talking, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I apologize for the poor quality of audio uh, on my side. Since then, I've bought a microphone, so hopefully it's a bit better. So we're going to follow uh, the same format as uh, episode two. I'm going to talk a little bit uh, about uh, some positive things that I've seen or some weird, interesting uh, news items. Then we'll talk uh, a bit about uh, something to do with the Czech Republic and then something on language uh, and this kind of thing before looking at any uh, recommendations of things I've seen, uh, read, watched, listened to, etc. during the course of this week, uh, as well as our Tea Time Tea of the Week and, of course, our Tea Time with Elvis fantasy Tea Time guest. So I hope you're as excited as I am to continue uh, with this podcast. And uh, next up, some Interesting news. So, we're now seven weeks into lockdown here in the Czech Republic, though things are starting to ease up a little bit. Um, it seems like nothing much is happening in the world apart from uh, this pandemic, of course. So it's very hard to find uh, other news. Um, at least, though, there is some interesting uh, and positive news, uh, not directly. Uh, about uh, the virus itself, but of course, uh, linked to it. Um, you know, some good things uh, that have that come out around it, people doing good deeds, that kind of stuff. Um, one of the big things that, of course, everybody uh, is talking about is this Captain Tom Moore, uh, an ex uh, army captain who's uh, 99 years old and who decided to raise some money for charity by walking. A uh, 100 uh, laps of his garden. Uh, I think initially he wanted to raise something around a thousand pounds then that was increased to a hundred thousand pounds because of uh, big interest and uh, on his just giving page it now stands at uh, 29,216,384 pounds he's raised. So he's gone uh, 5,843 percent over his target um, he's wanting to raise money uh, for charities linked to the National Health Service in England uh, because obviously this is a very uh, difficult time for it uh, and a lot of stress and pressure has been put on it give it uh, because of the virus um, he decided to do the hundred uh, laps of his garden because uh, at the end of this month he will turn uh, 100 years old so, obviously, there'll be a big party for that, and apparently, well, obviously, not a, a party where people get together, but certainly a national uh, celebration, so to speak. And I believe he's received over 120,000 uh, birthday cards to date. So, that's, that's a very nice, uh, very nice story, and it shows you know, that even in difficult times, people are quite happy to help out and give things uh, to charity to help those less fortunate than themselves. Uh, Another story I saw this week which was quite (laughs) cute I suppose uh, was concerning uh, zoo animals Um, and obviously zoos are closed though this week in the Czech Republic uh, as of uh, yesterday, Monday, uh, the outdoor areas uh, are now open again to the public but of course zoos have been closed uh, all around the world, things have been a bit quiet uh, some zookeepers actually have moved into zoos uh, to live with the animals during the, uh, during the lockdown uh, period. And I saw some really nice uh, thing from a zoo in New Zealand, uh, which is, is it's kind of cute, is that at this zoo, animals uh, usually have uh, meetings with the public, and they're set at specific times in the day when the animals turn up and, of course, come to see all the visitors at the zoo. Now, uh, at the time of writing this, there there were, of course, no visitors at the zoo, but the animals still turned up to their appointments. I think that's that's really quite uh, sad on one level, but very sweet and cute on another. So it's it's really nice to see, at least from the animal point of view, they're trying to carry on uh, as normal. Uh, Because of this, of course, the staff at the particular zoo have to try and keep the animals uh, engaged and interested uh, and so of course they won't feel too lonely or bored due to the lack of visitors that they uh, are not receiving at the moment. So I'm in my 8th year now of living here in the Czech Republic and honestly it doesn't seem like it at all. I've I've enjoyed every minute of it really. It's been uh, a fantastic experience living here and you know I hope uh, I hope to have 8 more years and and many more years uh, of staying here. I have absolutely no desire uh, to move uh, to move anywhere else at this stage anyway. Um but I was thinking what do uh, people actually know about the Czech Republic? I mean certainly uh most people know Prague, the capital city of course. Uh I think uh, a lot of people think of Prague as a destination in and of itself and it's not actually attached to any specific country. Uh y- you know, especially people back in England, they often uh don't, they, they know about Prague, but they might not necessarily know where it is. Many of them have been there of course on uh or stag dues, uh because of the cheap alcohol and uh, rather crazy and interesting nightlife uh, but they might not actually think of it uh, as you know the capital city of a very very uh, beautiful and very interesting uh, country so I was having a look around uh, the internet as you do uh, wondering what uh, types of uh, facts people think would be interesting uh, to talk about when uh, discussing uh, the Czech Republic. And I came across a, a website called CzechUniversities.com where they ranked uh, 20 interesting facts about the Czech Republic. And some of them I knew, uh, some of them maybe you know, some of them maybe you don't. So I thought it might be fun to have a quick look through them and uh, and you know learn something uh, about this wonderful country. So according to this site, the Czech Republic ranks as the seventh safest country to live in the world. According to the Global Peace Index of 2019, the country has placed in the top 10 safest countries uh, for the last few years. So number seven in the whole world, that's, that's, that's pretty good going. I mean, certainly I would say that I've never, touch wood, experienced uh, anything uh, like a feeling of danger living here, and it does seem a very safe uh, country to me, indeed. Um, it says that the expat community in the Czech Republic is uh, is large. Apparently, there are over half a million foreign-born residents that live here. Uh, that excludes ones who have taken Czech citizenship, and apparently of that half a million uh, foreign-born residents, around 200,000 of them are living in Prague. Now, that doesn't surprise me at all. Prague, of course, is the uh, the mecca, if you like, of the country. Everybody wants to go there. Uh, it is, of course, a beautiful, beautiful uh, city. And if you haven't been, I absolutely recommend it to you to go there. But also, do keep in mind that this is a lovely country, and Prague isn't the only place to visit. Um, Number three says that the Czech Republic has the most castles in Europe. Again, that doesn't surprise me, though it does surprise me when it, they say there are over 2,000 castles and chateaux in the Czech Republic, more than any other country in Europe. And so that's, yeah, that, that, that's quite surprising that there are so many. I knew, of course, they had a lot, uh, but 2,000 certainly seems like a really, really uh, large amount. Uh, Number four, the Czech Republic is home to the largest ancient castle in the world. Again, I didn't know that. Uh, I guess it's saying the largest ancient castle, so it's not the most ancient castle. Uh, And apparently that is Prague Castle, which if you visit Prague, uh, you will certainly see on the skyline there. It measures at 570 meters long and 128 meters wide. Uh, the fifth fact they care to mention on this website is that the Elba River has its source in this country. Well, you know, I live near, well, near, not not too far away, I suppose, from the source of this river. It is in the Karkonoshe Mountains or the Giant Mountains, uh, which can be found uh, in northern Bohemia, in the north part of the Czech Republic. Very beautiful place. Again, highly recommend uh, you visit if you haven't. Uh, the sixth point is that the Czech Republic's highest point uh, of elevation is, oh gosh, you know, I always struggle with this, uh, Sněžka, uh, And this is uh, the highest peak in the country. And it is also located in the Kronoshe mountains or the giant mountains uh, in Uh, The northern part of uh, Bohemia. Uh, It reaches uh, 1,603 meters high. Number seven, the famous uh, astronomical clock in Prague's old town is the third oldest astronomical clock in the world. Well, I have to confess that I didn't even know uh, this was a thing, that uh, there would be Rankings of age regarding astronomical clocks. I don't think I've ever seen one before uh, apart from apart from the one in Prague Uh, And even then it's quite hard to get up and up close to it given the uh, Throngs and hordes of tourists that descend on it though. I imagine at the moment, of course, it might be much easier uh, to view Uh, the eighth point of interest uh, is uh, beer well, I'm surprised it's so low down. I would have thought it's number one. Uh, you know, the Czech Republic is, is, is famous for having not only high-quality beer, but high-quality beer at a very good price. They are, uh, the, the people of the Czech Republic are known for being the heaviest consumers of beer. They drink more beer per capita than anywhere else in the world, and the famous Czech Lager, Pilsner Urquell uh, was brewed in the Czech city Pilsen back in 1842. Uh, the ninth point they mention is apparently Prague's nickname is the City of a Hundred Spires. And I would say, yes, it's true. There are lots and lots of uh, high uh, buildings, old buildings, church buildings, etc. that you can find in the Czech capital and apparently there are over 500 uh, spires that uh, are visible uh, within Prague. Number 10, the most popular sport in the Czech Republic is ice hockey. Again, for me, that comes as no surprise. Um, Czechs certainly love it. I mean, they're, they're the most notable player uh, from my time being here, and I guess before, even though I think he's he's finally retired, at least from international hockey, is Jaremija uh, He's considered apparently the greatest or one of the greatest uh, NHL players ever. And uh, yeah, so it's no surprise, of course, that uh, it is uh, the most popular sport here. Number 11, they go on to say that the Czech Republic is a country of architecture. Again, not surprising. It's beautiful, really. I mean, just by looking at Prague, you can see it's amazing. And even when you go out of Prague and visit other towns and cities across this Uh, lovely country, you can see um, that it's a great place for viewing architecture. There are all sorts that you can find in the country, from Baroque to Gothic, Renaissance, Romanesque, Classicism, Art Nouveau, Cubism, Functionalism, and even the brutalist uh, communist era architecture uh, can be found as well all over the country, though thankfully It's not as prevalent as you might think, and there are a lot more uh, attractive buildings than there are these uh, horrific uh, uh, concrete monstrosities that you can find in other uh, uh, ex-communist, ex-socialist countries. Number 12, soft contact lenses were invented uh, in the Czech Republic by a Czech chemist and these were invented in 1959. Again, I knew that, but I didn't know that before I moved here. That's something I found out once I had moved here. Number 13 uh, Johann Gregor Mendel, who uh, if you are unaware, is one of the first uh, geneticists, and uh, he looked at the principles of inheritance. So, for example, if you have one blue-eyed parent, one brown-eyed parent, uh, what color eyes would the baby have? So he worked all that out, and he was actually born here in the Czech Republic. Uh, Number 14 is something I know now, but again, I didn't know uh, before I moved here, and this is concerning the word robot, and uh, this word uh, is a Czech word, and it was created by the Czech artist uh, Josef Chapek, the brother of the famous... um, Author Karel Chapek, and uh, the author himself actually used uh, his brother's word um, in his novel *R.U.R.*, uh, which is well worth a read if you haven't uh, if you haven't read it. Uh, number fifteen, the Czech Republic is one of the least religious countries in the world. Again, that's uh, not a surprise to me. Uh, apparently, only around forty uh, percent of Czechs consider themselves uh, atheist. And uh, nearly 14% of them are undecided as well. So 40% of Czechs are atheists and 14% of them are undecided. So again, I, I know very few Czech people that actually go to church. And it's quite interesting as well. I think that it's, such, it's a country uh, so full of atheists and yet it's next to Poland, which of course is one of the most religious countries uh, in the world. Um, The 16th point is about tennis, and particularly female tennis players, as the Czech Republic is very uh, famous for them. There's a lot of them uh, around, from Martina Navratilova, um, is one of them, of course, uh, Jana Novotna, who I remember more from my uh, childhood. And even today, uh, there are some very well-known ones, at least uh, eight female Czech players in the top 100 rankings And the Czech Fed Cup team has won uh, six Fed Cup titles since 2011. The 17th point of interest uh, is the oldest university in Central Europe is in Prague. And that, of course, is the famous Charles University, uh, which was founded in 1348. It is the oldest university in Central Europe and named after the famous uh, king, Charles IV, uh, who had a bit of a habit uh, of naming things after himself because, of course, you have Charles University, you have Charles Bridge, you have uh, Carlsbad, which is named after him. Karlovy uh, Vary uh, is named after him. Uh, number 18 Czechs are highly educated. Well, that's no surprise to me, having lived here for eight years and been teaching in schools. They say around 90% of the adult population have completed at least a secondary education, and that is no surprise to me. People here are uh, often very well educated. Uh, Number 19, the penultimate point, the Czech Republic has an advanced economy and a high standard of living. Uh, Yeah, definitely, I would say uh, that's true. From my point of view, it's certainly, um, you know, I didn't know very much about this country at all before I moved here. I had something in mind, uh, maybe from a kind of Borat film or something, you know, where it would have been a bit more uh, backwards, you know, apologies for that. I didn't know much about it. I'd never been here before. I imagined something really, you know, depressing and post-communist. So I don't really know why I came, but uh, gosh, I'm really glad I did. Um, It has the lowest uh, unemployment rate uh, in the European Union. And actually, where I live has the lowest unemployment rate in the country that has the lowest unemployment rate in the European Union. So that's also a very good thing. It's a very prosperous and stable country. Um, the high standard of living, of course, it's, it's a bit relative because that, uh, that means while you're in the Czech Republic, I would say that quite often if you want to travel, particularly to Western Europe or further afield, uh, it does seem to cost uh, a lot more. I mean, it's, uh, it's much more expensive uh, than I remember. You know, if I wanted to pop somewhere on holiday from the UK uh, here, it would certainly seem to cost me a bit more. But, you know, once you're in country, you can have a very uh, high standard of living on not very much money. And the last one, of course, is the world famous Goda Auto is based here in the Czech Republic. Now, again, I know that uh, the headquarters are in Vladabolislav, uh, to the north of Prague. Uh, it was founded in 1895, and I live not very far from their second major plant in Kvastiny, uh, here in eastern Bohemia. So, those are 20 facts that Czechuniversities.com had decided to use to entice. Uh, students to study here in the Czech Republic and I think they're quite nice. As I say, maybe you knew them all, maybe you didn't, Uh, at least I hope you learned uh, something and if not, uh, perhaps you uh, enjoyed listening to it anyway. For our Language Corner this week I thought I'd take a look at the English expression, it's all Greek to me. And this, of course, is an expression we use when we find something very difficult to understand or unintelligible. Uh, you know, if I if someone asked me to explain the principles of, of uh, astrophysics or something, I would say, oh, I have no idea. It's all Greek to me. Now, other countries and cultures have other sayings they different to that. And uh, I was looking through Twitter, and a man called Adam Sharp has a very nice uh, illustration of this, and he's listed six of these uh, expressions uh, and uh, how, how, how this expression is used in other countries. In German, they say, I only understand train station. Well, that's a bit strange, isn't it? I only understand train station. Apparently, that's what Germans say when they want to use the expression, it's all Greek to me. In Dutch, they say, I can't make any chocolate from that. I know nothing about astrophysics. I can't make any chocolate from that. So literal uh, translation, that would be from Dutch to English. The Cantonese say, is this ghost script? So remember, in English, we say it's all Greek to me. I I don't know. I I don't understand. It's unintelligible. And the Cantonese uh, say, is this ghost script? In Burmese, they say, it looks like fried bean sprouts. So when they can't understand something, they say, it looks like fried bean sprouts. The Czechs say, and I knew this, and I find this quite interesting, the Czechs say, this is a Spanish village to me. So when they don't understand anything, they say, this is a Spanish village to me. And then perhaps uh, interesting and a bit comic is what the Polish say, and uh, they're... Uh, their answer, if you like, to it's all Greek to me is, is this a Czech movie? Is this a Czech movie? So when Polish people find something very difficult to understand, they uh, make the uh, decision to use the phrase, is this a Czech movie? I had no idea about that. I find that quite interesting. I'm not sure what our Czech listeners would think, whether they knew that or not. But I think that is very amusing. So if you find something difficult to understand and you're living in Poland, apparently the phrase you're supposed to use is, is this a Czech movie? So like a lot of people, I've got a lot of time on my hands and I haven't been using it well. Uh, You know, I haven't. Well, no, that's not entirely true. I mean, I've tried uh, learning the guitar a bit. That's not going very well. Um, But most of all, I find myself just watching online streaming services, various shows, films, that kind of stuff. And over the past couple of weeks, I've tried to give a few recommendations of things that I enjoyed. This week um, from HBO, uh, HBO Europe, I've been watching a Norwegian series called Be Foreigners. So it's foreigner or foreigners with uh, B in front of it. Be be foreigners, and it's a, it's very good. It's a six-part series. Uh, it's set uh, in Oslo, uh, and uh, it's it's a kind of detective thing, but it's a detective uh, series with a twist because uh, these so-called be foreigners are people from the past, and people from the past just pop up in the uh, in the bay uh, near uh, near Oslo. Um, seemingly one one night, uh, these people just start coming out of the water and they are people from various ages in the past, be it the Stone Age, the Viking Age, or the 19th century. And uh, then it skips to like nine years later and one of these beforeiners, a former Viking shield maiden, uh, has joined the police force and she becomes the partner of uh, the main character uh, in the series, the detective And together they work on trying to solve a, mu- a murder That's linked, of course, to these uh, these so-called beforeiners And it's actually very good I mean, it sounds maybe a little bit strange, the premise But, uh, you know, it could so easily have been something quite ridiculous Whereas, in fact, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it I've got one, one episode left I'm already hoping there's going to be a season two I think there might be um, So, yeah If you find yourself with time on your hands and you like these uh, Scandinavian programs and you want something a little bit different, then check out Be Foreigners. It's streaming here in the Czech Republic on HBO Go. Uh, It may, of course, be on other services if you happen to be listening in other countries, but it's highly recommended. So I hope you enjoy it. This week, a friend of mine uh, gave me a wonderful, wonderful, uh, most delicious uh, piece of cake, or two pieces of cake, actually, uh, to enjoy. She's a fantastic baker, and it really was very, very scrummy uh, cake. Um, It was uh, sultanas and walnuts, and it was very moist and, and absolutely delicious and uh, obviously i need something to drink while eating uh, such a cake and my go to drink of choice uh, when i'm presented with a cake of this nature if it's lemon drizzle cake or even a traditional uh, english fruit cake i go of course for english breakfast tea and it must of course there have milk in it uh, i know for a lot of my Czech listeners they think the idea of uh, black tea with milk is disgusting but they of course all know that English people do enjoy it. And certainly, if I'm having something sweet, I really do enjoy a nice cup of uh, black tea, English breakfast tea with milk. And I've gone for twinings because it's just what I happen to have. So twinings, English breakfast tea, um, really good. And it, of course, is the tea Uh, That I'm drinking right now while I'm kind of looking uh, enviously at eating the next piece of cake uh, after I finish uh, recording this. And uh, it is, of course, the tea uh, that will be drunk with our Tea Time with Elvis fantasy tea time guest of the week. So welcome to our Tea Time with Elvis Fantasy Tea Time Guest of the Week segment. And this week, uh, Elvis has actually made uh, the choice of guest and he's gone for, uh, well, a very worthy guest, I think, indeed. And it's continuing on from the historical and military line that we found in our second episode. However, this particular uh, veteran uh, soldier if you like is of the four-legged variety and it's a dog called Antis and uh, Antis was a German shepherd who was uh, rescued uh, in the early part of the Second World War as a puppy by a Czech airman called uh, Robert Bozdech and uh, this airman found the dog uh, when he crash-landed near the German lines in France Uh, He found the dog in an abandoned uh, farmhouse, it was only a puppy, Uh, it was completely alone, starving, hungry, and he and his um, friend or co-pilot or pilot of the plane he was flying, Pierre Duval decided to take uh, the dog with them. Uh, This started a series of adventures for both uh, Bozdiek and Antis the dog. Um, the dog uh, ended up... Uh, they had they had to flee France, of course, with the fall of France and the German invasion. Uh, they made their way down to uh, Gibraltar, where they were able to catch a uh, ship to Britain. Um, they had to smuggle the dog into Britain because of the uh, tight quarantine laws. And then Antis the dog uh, went on to serve with Bosdech in the RAF. Um, he had... Uh, many, many crazy things happened to him. He he saved Bosniak's life and the lives of others when he was able to hear the sound of uh, German planes approaching uh, to bomb, uh, in one instance, I think, the city of uh, Liverpool. And then, of course, when uh, bombers came to bomb the airfields, uh, the dog could hear uh, the engines approaching uh, before the people on the ground. Um, and he's also... Uh, was blown up and survived. He was shot by an irate farmer at one point, also survived, and he went uh, unofficially uh, on uh, several missions with uh, Bozdiek in uh, the bombers, uh, that uh, the bombing runs that they went on uh, over Germany. his um, after the war, um, went with Bosdiak back to Czechoslovakia, uh, where Bozdiek settled down and had a family. Uh, however, a few years after the end of the war was the communist takeover of uh, Czechoslovakia and because of Bozdiek's uh, s- uh, service in Western Europe and for the Royal Air Force in Britain, he needed to escape because he was worried what the situation w- would be. Unfortunately, he left behind his wife and family, though he didn't leave uh, leave behind Uh, Antis the dog and both of them uh, managed uh, to make their way back uh, to the United Kingdom and it was once they arrived back there that Antis was actually awarded the Dickin Medal in 1949 and this is a medal uh, from the uh, PDSA or the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals and it's the highest honour that can be awarded any animal for service in uh, any military or wartime capacity. and uh, Antis had a fairly uh, long life. Uh, he was born in 1939 and he died peacefully in 1953. And the very nice thing about this, I suppose, was that after that Bosdick couldn't bring himself to own another dog. Uh, he later actually married an English woman and had another family there. And uh, one of the memories, of course, of of his children from England was the fact that their father never allowed them to own a dog. And it was all because, of course, no dog could replace such an amazing animal as Antis, the war dog. If you'd like to know more about uh, Antis and Bosdek and their adventures together, uh, you could check out the book War Dog, The No Man's Land Puppy Who Took to the Skies by Damien Lewis. And I read this uh, at the end of last year, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. it it's very moving. Um, you know, I don't want to spoil it by saying, of course, that the dog survives, but it does survive, and for me, that's a big motivation for my continuing to read it because I, I don't really like to find myself uh, upset by it. Uh, I found myself reading out passages to Elvis, but of course, he uh, he just looked at me and uh, put his head on one side and thought, well, what what is this guy talking about? But certainly, if you like that kind of story you know, uh, human slash uh, animal uh, relationships and uh, interesting uh, biography, then check out War Dog by Damian Lewis. So Antis the dog with his Dickin medal is Elvis's choice for our fantasy tea time guest of the week. I hope you enjoyed learning a bit about him. So that brings us to the end of another episode of Tea Time with Elvis. Both Elvis and I are really uh, grateful for all the the support and and feedback we've received from from people who've listened to it, and we really, really enjoy uh, making this. Um, Really looking forward, of course, to the next episode. Perhaps we'll have another guest on. Uh, I found that really fascinating last week, speaking with uh, Silver. Again, I'm just really upset over the quality of sound uh, from my end but there's nothing I can do about that now hopefully as I say uh, this week's sound quality will be much better given that I've forked out for a microphone so hopefully that wasn't a waste but really uh, once again thank you for listening and I hope you'll join uh, both Elvis and I uh, for our next episode so it remains for us to say of course stay in stay safe and stay healthy and we'll see you next time take care bye bye